Welcome to the In Pursuit of Branding podcast. I'm Kelly Whitman, a brand strategist, designer, wife, mom, and avid reader. Through my work, I've helped hundreds of purpose-driven businesses build strategy, meaning, and connection into their brands so they can do more good work in this world. You are enjoying this podcast ad-free because of the very generous support of subscribers on Substack. You can learn more and subscribe at kellywhitman.substack.com and continue the conversation about building a people-first business. If you're a service-based business owner, creative entrepreneur, or consultant who wants to build a business doing work you love while also supporting your life, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. All right, friends, we have a great episode today. I am so excited to introduce you to the lovely Allie Burns. She is a brand and graphic designer behind Allie Marie Design. She specializes in crafting thoughtfully designed visual identities that help mission-driven businesses inspire their audience and make a bigger impact. In addition to being a design studio owner for the last decade, yes, the last decade. She is also a wife, mama of two, dance teacher, and mentor to designers, including myself, who are navigating the early years of their freelance journey. Allie is one of, or was one of the very first designers, designer friends that I met, and she has been a great friend and mentor for the last five years of my business. She is passionate about cultivating a life-first approach to business, which is what we we do a lot of talking about that in today's episode, and this allows her to prioritize the things that matter most, all while serving her incredible clients, mentees, and students well. She is an absolute joy. I am so excited for you to meet Allie and enjoy our conversation about maternity leave, prepping for maternity leave, and we also dance around this idea of building a life-first business. I'm really excited. Can't wait to hear your thoughts, and let's jump in. Hello, Allie. Thank you so much for being on the In Pursuit of Branding podcast. I'm very excited to have you here today. Thanks for having me, Kelly. I'm so excited to be here and chat with you as always. I know as one of my favorite humans, I am really looking forward to this conversation. Uh-huh. <laughs> and likewise, likewise. <laughs> and before we jump into all of the goodness of maternity leave, I would love to just start with an introduction. You know, when you think about you and your life and your business per- personally and professionally, um, can you share just a little bit more about you? Yeah. So I am a branding and graphic designer based in the Twin Cities area. Uh, I, as a business, I love collaborating with mission-driven businesses um, and crafting thoughtfully designed visual identities that speak to their values and really shine a light on their mission and what they're so passionate about. Um, And then obviously, personally, most importantly, I'm a wife and a mama of two, which is crazy. I have a four-year-old spirited little gal and uh, my sweet and chill (laughs) six-month-old baby boy. Um, And yeah, I'm just really passionate about building a life-first business um, that really supports the lifestyle that I want to have and we want to have as a family, which really looks like being really present for my kids and being able to run a full-time business on part-time hours. Mm, I love that, which is kind of the impetus as I was thinking about how can, what I wanted to talk to you about and what came to mind was preparing for your maternity leaves that you've done for both of your kiddos with Mm -hmm. this idea that you do, and you're so intentional about running a life first business, life first business. So as we get into and think about it from that perspective, you know, what was 
for you, as you were getting ready, even for, you know, baby number one maternity leave, what did you keep top of mind from that lens of, I know I want to make this life first. Was there anything that was more important or prioritized more or less because of your approach to business? Mm, That's a good question. I feel like, um, honestly, I feel like I, in advance when I was prepping for maternity leave, I had no idea how I was going to feel. Like everyone says, when you become a mom, become a parent, your life changes and your priorities change. And it's completely true, (laughs) obviously. And I didn't really know what to expect. And so what I was trying to do is leave space and room for things to just kind of unfold. So I am kind of amazed at my former self, to be honest with you, that I knew that I wanted to give myself that space because I'm really glad I did. I left it very open. I wanted to make sure that I had room to kind of settle into motherhood because that was most important to me. And that honestly, I say that like, you know, casually now, but actually it was really hard because I built this business that was like my baby. (laughs) You know, I (laughs) built it for however many years, like what was it? Seven years, I guess, um, before my little girl was born. And so it felt kind of like this mental shift that I had to make that I wasn't really, I mean, I kind of was aware of it, but I didn't know how hard it was going to be to kind of break away from my business and really take a break. So I, I guess all that to say, it's, it was a hard transition mentally, but I, I knew something in me just knew I have to give myself this space to make sure that I'm putting my life and my kids and my family first. Um, and I will also say that I didn't really know how I wanted to do that. I just kind of knew I, I needed to. And it really, even that first year of my little girl's life, I was juggling a lot. I was trying to operate the same way as I was prior. And it, it became obvious I couldn't do that anymore. And I ended up hiring a business coach to really help me simplify and streamline my business and making sure that it was life-giving and that it, you know I was putting my life first. Because it is, it's a hard transition to make. So that's kind of a long-winded way of saying, I didn't really know, like, I didn't know how it was going to look, but I did know I had to at least give myself the space to explore what that looked like for me. Oh, thank you for sharing all of that. I, one of the things that you talked about is this idea of the mindset switch and even just reflecting back on, you know, baby one and baby two, and then Allie before children, as you (laughs) think about, you know, what has been the biggest mindset shift that you've had to make over the last you know, four and a half, almost five years, I guess, including um, pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, oh gosh, I think that the biggest mindset has been that business is important. Helping to support my family is important. The financial aspect is important. And also there's a lot that I think I put, I I put the pressure on myself to have thing, have like to kind of operate a certain way or to set these deadlines that are really rigid. And I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm a pretty structured person. I think I'm kind of a left brain, right brain blend where I have, you know, obviously the creative side of what I do. Um, and I want that to kind of flow when I'm working with clients, but I also like to have structure and keep momentum and make sure that I'm, you know, that we're 
continuing on and moving toward our goals. And so for me to kind of say, okay, that's okay. And it's good to have that in place, but also I need to have some flexibility because as you know, Kelly, we've talked about at length, you just can't predict what kind of a baby you're going to get when they're an infant, what kind of a toddler you're going to have and their spiritedness or their calmness. Like you have no idea. So it's for me, it was like kind of this mindset shift of it's okay for you to kind of not fly off the seat of your pants all the time, but to leave room for all the unpredictable scenarios, especially when you are, you know, you have a little baby um, and you're in transition, Um, but also putting up really good boundaries and putting up good structure in your business to help support that freedom that you want, if that makes sense. I feel like a common thing I've been thinking a lot about is that blend, that harmony of having the structure, having these really specific offerings that I'm, that I'm, you know, doing very well. I'm serving my clients really well and having a structure for them, but also like what, what freedom that actually offers me when I structure it in a way that really works for my life. Mm, Yes. I think the, before having kids, having a little bit of that ambiguity and lack of structure, if you will, serves you, right? It works. You can have that fluidity, but when you have that limited time post children and you've got a couple hours during nap time and, or maybe your kiddo didn't sleep well the night before, like it's a whole different ball game. So what, what I've found, and I'd be curious if this was true for you too, what felt supportive before kids was having that fluidity, but it was the exact opposite after having children. Like I needed and craved more of that structure. Um, and you mentioned boundaries. So I'm wondering if you could just share one or two what one or two boundaries that you've had to put in place after having kids or even while you were preparing for maternity leave that you didn't necessarily have before children? Yeah. Um, I feel like boundaries has been some setting boundaries has been something that I've really worked hard on. And I used to have zero boundaries. <laughs> like, like I shouldn't say that, but I mean, when I first started my business, I mean this, and I bet everyone can relate to this. You are just you're kind of hustling, you know, in a lot of cases, quote unquote, and you're, and you're just kind of taking what you can get. So in in terms of just getting the consistent work or getting clients in the door, and you're just kind of doing what you need to do to kind of get your feet wet and, and find some grounding. Whereas I think, you know, as you go on and, and when I start, when I had, you know, my first, my first kid and I had already had some experience, you know, and I had some kind of grounding in my business, I felt like really what I needed to do was put up boundaries that protected my time, protected not only my time, I would say even more my, my energy, like the energetic Mm -hmm. element is something that I didn't really realize was going to be stretched so thin. I think when I had kids, because you have another human to keep alive and to take care of and nourish and you have yourself and you have, you know, if you have a spouse, like there's so much that, um, there's so much more energy that you're putting out there every day. So I think for me, it's setting up, you know, my, what I did, I guess in, to, to get more specific is I started offering just one, I started working with only one branding client a month and I have one branding package. That's kind of my signature package, my signature experience. I bring people through and I just created that boundary and that structure with, Nope, this is what I offer. I have every month, I have a new client that I bring on and we work through this very streamlined process and putting up that boundary. Like, no, I don't just take on anything anymore. This is what I do. And this is like what I can put my energy into and then I do offer, you know, VIP days and, and, um, you know, one-off 
one-off days that people can book me and we can work on all of their, you know, collateral and all any, any graphic design or branding project once we've worked together on their bigger brand. But overall, I'm not taking on just anything anymore. I'm setting those boundaries and saying, this is what I offer and this is what I'm available to. And this is what I'm not. And that's okay. It's okay that I'm not good for everybody because I wanted to make sure I was really pouring my energy into these bigger projects so that, and I wasn't having a million clients projects floating around in my mind and in my, you know, in my calendar, I wanted to just simplify it so I could really make sure I was showing up for my family in the way I wanted to and showing up for my clients in the way I wanted to. I love that you brought up the services as a way to set boundaries because I don't think it's something that we automatically think about right away. You know, I think about boundary setting in terms of, you know, as a service provider and working with clients, it is most often around time of oh, getting off of email, um, you know, after a certain amount of time and not working on weekends or, you know, something along those lines. But you make a really great point in that we can create boundaries by what our offerings look like and by, you know, for you setting that and making it easier on yourself of this is the one thing that I'm going to do really great. And this is how I work with clients and like creating or leveraging that as a boundary, which isn't something that I don't, I don't think we, we think about right away. And if I remember correctly, that was created after baby number one, right? That wasn't part of the preparation process for number one. Yes, you are so right. So I, yeah, that kind of came out of working with my business coach because I had a few different, um, different, different branding packages. And so it was kind of like, making it for a chaotic schedule, like, because I just was Mm -hmm. trying to fit in things and overlap clients and overlap, you know, timelines. And it was overwhelming. Like I couldn't keep up. I was working a lot of nights. I was, I was, you know, working on weekends and right now, to be honest, do I work on weekends sometimes once in a while? Do I work at night, especially in a phase where I have lack of childcare? Yep. I do sometimes do that. I'm doing that a lot right now, but for me, I know there's an end in sight. Like I know in September, you know, I know that things will, will, you know, become a little bit more structured in terms of when, when I'm able to work and things like that during the day. But, but in general, it has, the simplifying has helped me create so yeah, create some more structure and it has helped me set boundaries. And I will say in general, having like a streamlined like services, service offering, or having, you know, again, like one package, for example, it's helped me set boundaries within the actual like client communication and the timelines Mm. and what I'm, again, what I'm available to in time because everything is so streamlined. So it kind of like bleeds into that, like overall, how I have things set up really helps. It, It kind of is like a domino effect, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely see that. So because you set that up after number one, did that change how you prepared for maternity leave for number two and what you, what that even looked like? Yeah. So, and I'll, and I'll talk, I guess I didn't really answer your question about maternity leave number one and prepping. I mean, with what I just kind of, tur- I press pause on my business with, with maternity leave number one, in terms of prepping, like I put up a wait list on my contact form on my site and I just said, sign up and I will contact you when I start booking again. So, um, cause I, again, I want to give myself that space. So that's kind of what it looked like. I didn't really have, I didn't have a VA yet. I didn't really have anybody else working as part of my team. So it was really like shutting off my business. I, I, brought somebody on to, um, help me with some ongoing work that I was doing for just one client and she worked with them. And I just kind of, you know, 
basically paid her, you know, or, or invoiced the client and paid her. That was kind of the extent. Whereas with, with baby number two, I had a little bit more of an idea of what my capacity would be post, you know, post giving birth. And I, although I had no idea about, you know, balancing having two kids and what that would all entail, I have felt a little bit more confident with, um, with how I was approaching that and, and confident with saying, okay, like, I think around this time, I'm going to be able to, you know, start again. And I'm going to start with this recurring client who knows me and I can take the pressure off a little of, you know, they know that I'm going to deliver. They are okay with a more extended, a little bit more looser of a timeline, just in case, you know, you just never know what kind of baby you're going to get and what you're going to need, um, to do personally. So I just kind of, I, it, you know, was comfortable setting that up and again, setting boundaries within what I was going to do. And then also saying, okay, and then, you know, come summer, for example, my, my son was born in February. I kind of started with that ongoing client in like mid April and then saying, okay, in the summer, I think I would be ready at least, you know, bring on a new, um, bring on a brand new branding client to kind of dive into that world again. So I just kind of, um, I did stick with the same, I went into it saying, okay, I kind of, I love this schedule. I love this, like one client at a time, one month at a time, one package, you know, offering. Um, I do want to continue with that. However, I still don't know, you know, things can change. You just don't know. So for me, I just kind of left a lot of breathing room for myself still, but I still was able to book. I still felt comfortable booking clients in advance and getting those down payments in to kind of help support my maternity leave financially mm -hmm. a little bit more and feeling a little bit, you know, more secure in that area um, without going overboard. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does, which kind of leads into the next one. As you're thinking about, you know, you even number one and number two, how did you communicate that? Because, you know, with number one, there's a little bit more amb ambiguity around how long it would be, how you would be feeling, you know, you went into number two, feeling more confident. Was there any big differences in how you communicated that and with, you know, clients or, and even in your marketing, uh, what that looks like to prepare people that need to know, or that are potentially inquiring for working with you? Yeah. So in terms of my branding offering, I started just, I think I was about five months pregnant. I just started really communicating in my marketing, like, Hey, um, I'm going to be off for, you know, part of the next year after my baby is born. Um, if you are interested, this is how many branding slots I have left for, you know, until then please contact me. So it was kind of, um, you know, I communicated via my newsletter. I communicated via social media a little bit. Um, and then, but the biggest thing I would say is that I communicated to my current, you know, my branding clients that worked with me in the past who like to come to me for VIP days and, um, and help, help have me help them with their ongoing design and branding work. I really was clear with them and made a big effort in doing personal emails to especially the people who are, you know, coming to me regularly and, you know, touching base with them, letting them know what's going on. And, you know, it's, it's funny because I think if you approach it from a human element, like human to human, <laughs> what a like, shock. <laughs> yeah. Right. They're so excited. Like they're so excited for me. And they're like, oh my gosh, yes, I actually do have some stuff I've been willing, you know, I've been wanting to contact you about. Let's get something on the calendar. Or, hey, you know what? I'm so glad you let me know. I did have some stuff for next year or, you know, during the time you're going to be off, but I'm actually fine pushing it. Can you touch base with me when you're back? Like it just started to generate those conversations and a good touching base point for people that maybe I haven't talked to in a while. Um, so I just was really clear with them and tried to just 
again, connect with them and let them know what's going on. So they know what to expect. Um, and in terms of like, you know, new clients that I was, you know, inquiries coming in, I did the same thing as I did with my, with my first maternity leave prep, where I just put up a contact form, um, in place of my normal contact form. That was more of a wait list thing. So they just kind of filled it out, filled out what they're thinking for timeline, just a generic information. So I had it. And then, um, they were added to my list and they were sent an automatic, automated email from my email uh, marketing uh, software system. And it just said, Hey, you're on the wait list. I'm so excited, you know, that, that you're on here. I'm excited to get back in touch with you. Here's kind of what to expect for, you know, timing of when I'll be back. I just kind of like set loose expectations, but also sure. specific enough where they knew when to expect to hear back from me and what the process was going to be like. Um, I even had like a on that contact page or temporary contact page for the wait list on my site, I had like a what to expect section. So I just kind of outlined as much as I could that I knew. And again, people understand, like they understand that you may not come back on April 1st or whatever that is, you know, <laughs> to come back to work. I just, if, if I left it open saying, Hey, I will contact you in late spring. That was enough for them. Cause people know what, you know, at least they have a frame of reference. So I kind yep. of, you know, I set expectations. I was clearly communicating with everybody that I felt like I needed to communicate with. And then, um, yeah. And then I was able to kind of go from there and feel confident coming back when I was ready because I kind of set those boundaries up front. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really smart. And I like what you said about the loose expectations and that people are humans, right? We're understanding. I think for the most part, most folks are, are reasonable and especially, you know, you, you just had a baby. So I think we can often, at least the story that was in my, um, that I would tell myself a lot was, well, they, you know, I need to get back to them right away. Um, and that's, I think people just, they understand, and we just need to give a little bit more a grace to ourselves. But I, I love that you were intentional about just having those loose timelines and having that be it, right? Like this is what it is. And it, it just mm -hmm. aligns, I think, even to your intentionality about having that life first business and being really strategic and intentional um, about that. So as you think about, you've done it, you've done two maternity leave preps and even, you know, from that context, but also for people who maybe aren't necessarily preparing for maternity leave, but an extended break, was there anything that you wish you would have done differently, whether it's, you know, an action or even just your mindset or how you were thinking about something that if you could go back and change, you would. Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think that finance, I think the hardest part was to try to plan financially <laughs> for this time, because as we all know, as entrepreneurs, we don't necessarily have a you know, paid maternity leave, <laughs> like other, like people would working for a, you know, bigger, or you know, other company. Um, so I think that financially, and I, I don't even know if it's something I would do different. It's just kind of this really tough aspect of it that I wish I had a better handle on because cash flow is an issue. Like it can be an issue when you're not prepping, you know, for a, for a leave of, of any sort. So I feel like going back, I think to the first one, for sure. I wish that I had a little bit more. Um, I wish, I wish I planned a little bit better financially. Cause it was really, you know, tight financially to be transparent for a while. And I, even this time, I mean, I still was paying myself regularly cause I got those project down payments 
earlier on. So I was able to kind of continue to support us. You know, what I was paying myself wasn't the normal amount that I would normally, you know, when I wasn't on maternity leave, but it was something and it really helped us kind of stay afloat as a family and everything. Um, so, I mean, it is, it's one of those things I don't know if I would do differently. It's just kind of a hard aspect of it that I wish mm-hmm. I had a better handle on. I don't know. I, that's very, that's very honest, I guess, because I'm, there are other people that have it down pat, have it all figured out. And for me, I'm, you know, I have a VA who I pressed pause on our, on our work together. So I could have that money going back in our pockets, you know, because, and I didn't want to have to be delegating things to her either. Again, I don't have a big team, so it, it worked out to kind of balance that out that way. But in terms of like the finances, but again, it's, it's a tough thing. And I think it's going to look so different for every single business. It's, you know, some people don't want to operate that way. They want to keep their business going behind the scenes. Whereas for me, I just really wanted to press pause. And I like that I was able, I, I mean, I, I set up my business intentionally that way. So I, it's very malleable. It's very, I, I can, I guess it's the life first business, right? I can like shift how I'm doing things and pivot a little bit here and there to um, help serve the season I'm in. So um, mm. I don't know. So I guess there's nothing that I would do necessarily super differently, but I think the financial part, having a better handle on that, I think I I got better about it the second time, but um, but I think that there's still, there's probably more, more in-depth planning I could have done. But again, there's so much you can't predict for too, as a family, you know, and extra finances and you can plan all day long, but there's always going to be unexpected things that came up. Yeah, and that's the... That's the struggle of preparing for leave, especially when you're bringing a new human into the life, into the world, Um, because you don't know how they're going to be and you don't know how the birth is going to be or the new addition. And if you have other family members, how they're going to react. And there's just a lot, there's so many unknowns and yeah, it's, it's definitely challenging. So from that perspective, again, from this idea of anyone who is maybe getting ready for maternity leave or planning for just an extended leave. If there's one, you know, actionable step that you could, or recommendation or tip or idea, or even just a thought, um, for someone to mull over this next week, what would it be Mm, for prep, like like doing a prep for maternity leave or just in general? Yeah. You know what, either, or whichever resonates more with you and feels, feels good. Yeah. Um, I think that, there's an element, oh gosh, I think there's an element of trust that you need to, or I don't know, I think it's it was helpful for me to just kind of really lean into this idea that I have built this business. I've been intentional with my planning. I have to trust that everything is going to be okay. Like, yes, there's going to be bumps in the road. Yes, not everything will go perfectly as planned. But if you are intentional about kind of taking these steps of prepping financially, you know, as much as you can, (laughs) speaking to what I was just talking about. um, (laughs) And also like, yeah, communicating with your clients, making sure that, you know, they have what they need and they really feel taken care of. They're having a good experience, even though they're are not necessarily working. They're, they're not working with you during this time, but they still feel taken care of. Um, and, and yeah, just like making sure that as, as much as you can, making sure kind of things are in place so that you can press pause that you can step away and then trusting that you did the thing. Like you did, you went through the steps, you were intentional. It's so easy, especially, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but I'm sure people can 
can resonate this will resonate with other people too, but it's like, okay, what else can I do? Okay. What else, what did I miss? And what, what is not quite there yet? And there's so much to do to plan depending on the complexity of your business. There's a lot to plan, but I think eventually you kind of just have to step back and say, I need to trust that I did everything I could and I can't possibly predict the unpredictable, you know? So just kind of trusting yourself. And I think for me, a lot of times too, um, well, especially with the wait list that I, that I put up, I have to also trust that there are people on there that are willing to wait. And I know that's kind of a, that's a big mindset thing. I don't mean for that to like come off cocky, like everyone's going to wait for me and everyone just wants to work with me. Cause that's not the case. Not everyone on my wait list moved forward with booking, but I did, it did give me a starting point. Mm-hmm. And there are people on there that did book and I don't need a million clients, right? Like I work with one client at a time. So it's like, all I had to do was just take the next best step for me, which was when I came back to contact those people. So it's kind of like a, a trust thing in myself that I've built a business that is very in, you know, in support of the lifestyle I want to live. I've taken these steps to prep for my maternity leave and now I get to enjoy it, you know, and I get to step away and I get to really like revel and, and enjoy the, this, this life that I've built that includes a business, but also includes being really present for my kids and, um, and making sure I can, you know, I can step away like that when it's most important. I have one more question that I wasn't um, planning on asking you, but it's just come up after what you said, because I think, you know, planning for maternity leave is kind of a two-step it's what happens before, but then it's also what happens while you're on it. Right. Which is what you said of trusting that I did the best that I could and then taking the time off and enjoying it. So I'd love to hear for you, how have you done anything intentional to stay present, to really enjoy the time off and not let any of the the stories or the gremlins come in that's, you know, push you of, I have to get back to work. And I'll say this from, this is a self-serving place from my own. I have a really hard time and I've learned this about myself um, of shutting off and not thinking about my business and really enjoying the time off, (laughs) if you will. (laughs) So I'd love to just hear, do you have any, any tips or advice or things that have worked for you to really enjoy your time off and, and lean into that trust of I've done all that I can, and now I'm just going to enjoy it. Yeah. It, I mean, it's hard for me too, Kelly, (laughs) because there are, there are thoughts and ideas. I feel like when I turn off, even if I'm on vacation or, you know, not related to maternity leave or an extended leave, my mind, like when I, when I turn off, it's like, oh, now I come up with all these creative ideas and ways to you know (laughs) do things differently that are more big picture and not in the daily grind, you know? So I have a hard time with that too. And I think, um, and I, for me, a, a very practical thing that I did was I kept a note on my phone. Whereas whenever I came up with this idea that I'm like, oh, I really want to like, you know, it's a business idea. I really want to experiment with this, or maybe this is a way that I should, I should shift or whatever, or even, you know, seeing how your life is unfolding with, with the baby or two or whatever it looks like, like, oh, it's it, like things come to mind where you're like, yeah, this isn't going to work anymore for my business. So now I'm going to have to shift a little bit. I wouldn't let myself go so far down the train, you know, the, the track, I guess, of, of like thinking the nuts and bolts, because that's where my brain goes. But what I did was instead is create this notes document and I just brain dumped whenever I was like thinking about it. I'm like, okay, I got to brain dump it. And then I closed it and I thought, okay, at least it's out of my head and it's somewhere yeah. where I can 
to it and it's not going to like float away and I'm going to forget about it. It's there. And then, you know, I'm always a fan of letting things simmer because sometimes we feel like we have to like take action right away. But in reality, we sometimes letting things just sit for a little bit, you'll realize eh, that's probably not the best, <laughs> the best idea, or eh, that doesn't really need to happen right now or whatever. So for me, like just brain dumping was really helpful. Um, and having a go-to place to do that. And then I would say the other thing that really helped me as I, I saw, I don't remember who it was, but I saw this, um, post, it was kind of like a Q and a thing with a coach once, um, online on social media somewhere. And I remember someone was saying, Hey, she, she, her question was, I can't, I'm just, I'm just getting started with my business. And I found out I'm pregnant and I'm so concerned that all my momentum is going to go down the tube and I'm not going to be able to like keep going and keep toward my goals. Cause I'm going to have, I'm going to have this kid and I'm so excited that, to be a mom, but I also am feeling so I'm struggling with that, with like leaving my business. And the thing that this coach said, and she didn't say leave her business, but you know, like having right. a little bit. Um, and this coach said, I totally understand because I've been there. And she said, but <laughs> your most important job right now is to be a mom. Like that is the most important. And not that your business doesn't matter, not that your work doesn't matter, but in, especially in those first weeks, that is your most important job. Like your kid needs you and you will feel that right away like when, when they're born. And so that has always stuck with me. And I didn't need to be necessarily told that like it was like this revolutionary idea, but it was like to some, for someone who is in business to say that, like, it is so hard to leave this business that you're working so hard on that you have worked so hard on, but, and it's not leaving it. It's going to be there. Like again, trusting that it's going to be there, but also trusting that you are where you're supposed to be and you are this little baby needs you. And there is so much joy in that. And it doesn't mean that you have to be a hundred percent present every single tiny little moment, but but it's important to know that this shift in priorities will happen. And it's okay to like, it's okay for that to be your priority right now. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we live in a culture that's so career driven and that is amazing. Like you know, we, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't feel compelled to like build something, you know, bigger than ourselves and help people and serve people. Well, at the same time, it all comes down to family for me. And I will have a lot of time in the future when my kids are in school and, you know, they're, you know, and beyond, I will have time for my business and I will maybe be able to explore all these different ideas I might have. But right now in the moment, this is like the most important thing I could be doing. Mm. I just love you so much, Allie. (laughs) Thank you for those (laughs) words of wisdom. They just, it's, it's one of those, every time I have a conversation with you and I, I leave, I always just get, I feel so grounded and you just have such great wisdom. So thank you for that. And it's, it is that reminder of what is, what's the bigger thing that we're doing this for, because it's not just the business, you know, we've created, I'm going to make the assumption, um, that for people who are listening to this are also in this people first purpose-driven mission-driven business space. And they're not, we're not just creating to have the profit, but it's, we're creating to do something, to have a bigger impact, whether that's for ourselves and our families or for a certain community. Um, but, just hearing you say that is gets back to 
the business will be there. And the reason we have the business is to help support something else, which is maybe our family or, um, in, you know, in, in your instance and myself as well, like that's the whole reason why I wanted to start a business was to support my family and have that flexibility and that freedom. And I think we can forget that. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just a friendly reminder and a gentle reminder and I, something that I definitely needed to hear today. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. And I, I mean, I always feel the same way about you. I mean, I think we really, it's important. Another facet of this is it's important to surround yourself with people who, who are doing the thing too (laughs) and get it. And you feel that support and that, that, yeah, the groundedness by just talking to other people about this stuff and talking about what you're going through. Cause it's not easy. It's so, it's so nuanced, you know, for every business, but you learn so much by just sharing and being open and vulnerable. And it's, it's not an easy thing to do, but I think it's really important. So I thank you for being there for me too, throughout all these seasons of life. And I, this conversation has been so great. Yes, I agree. I've got five more questions that I want to end on, and I am dubbing this the in pursuit segment. So question number one, what is the version of success that your business is working towards in this season? Mm -hmm. Well, we've talked about this so much (laughs) already, but on a personal level, like I'm really pursuing a life giving business, a business that has the ability, has the ability to deeply serve my life and its various seasons and put what matters most first. And I think in terms of serving my clients, like I really want to be able to, you know, help these mission-driven businesses and organizations find more clarity and confidence in how they're marketing themselves and connecting with their community and audience, like in a very human to human way so they can make a bigger impact. Um, And I, and I, you know, in general, like when I, as I'm doing that, going back, you know, personal, I, I want to show my kids what that looks like to serve others, to build something, to work for something that is completely yours. Um, I want to show them that, you know, I can be a mom and a business owner and I can serve others in this really impactful personal way. Um, and you know, that you get to enjoy what you do and and, as you're working and support your family, I'm all about the harmony. Um, so I, and I, so I love talking about that, obviously, (laughs) if you can't tell, (laughs) and I want other people to see that's possible too, because I think working hard and being successful doesn't always need to equate to working long, grueling hours where you're stretched thin constantly. It doesn't mean you have to do all the things you can make a big impact and really serve your clients well without running yourself ragged. So I love sharing about that with you with with friends with my my clients too and also sharing that um, with the designers I mentor as well mm-hmm. um that there's a different way to do business and i love that you're following this path so you know the the question that i have is what are you intentionally doing to support that vision but even to make it a little bit more granular for you of uh, is there anything you know does that look like like what are your specific hours or even are you doing anything intentional to teach your children, even at the young, you know, for your four-year-old um, at that age to show her and leading by example, um, you know, take it and run with it. But from an intentional wow. perspective, is there anything that you're doing that really, that you feel like really aligns with this life giving life first business version of success that you're working towards? Yeah. Well, I mean, and a, yeah, very like specific, a specific example is me trying to keep my hours to 20 hours a week. And 
Um, I think that I, I love to be able to separate, you know, my time with my kids and work, you know, we're lucky enough to have a nanny who comes a couple times a week. And also my mom comes like we're very lucky and we have a lot of support around us. So I'm able to kind of separate that so that when I'm present with them, I can be present with them. At the same time, I've had some conversations with friends about this lately too. It's not a bad thing for your kids to see you work. Like, is it, is it always the most like efficient way to get stuff done? I know you can relate to this, Kelly. No, like, you know, working with your kids around can be very chaotic, but at the same time, whether you're working, you know, with them in the room or you're, um, or you're just saying, Hey, I have to, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm trying to not say I have to go work. I'm trying to say, I get to go work mm, for a little bit. That. You're going to have fun with grandma or you're going to have fun with, with, you know, our nanny, or you get to go to school today. Mommy is gets to work for a little bit. Like that is that just like kind of talking like that and kind of shifting my language is, is something I'm working on. And I'll also say that even just, um, I, even with my four year, almost four year old, I will even say things like, isn't it cool that mommy gets to, gets to work and gets to be creative. And, you know, it's not just working on my computer to her, that kind of is what it looks like, but I try to start explaining in ways that she can understand. I get to work and I get to be a mom. Isn't that so cool? Like I get to be with you guys during the week and I get to work too, you know, and create things and work with my clients. And you know what I mean? It's like, there's, there's little ways I try to incorporate that too. I'm sure it'll become more and more prominent in terms of conversation as she starts to think about what she wants to be when she grows up or when she, you know, gets older. So there's, um, you know, currently she wants to be an astronaut. So (laughs) get after it. I love it. (laughs) I know you go girl, you go girl. Yeah. So those are kind of little small ways I've been trying to support that vision. And it's not always, I used to think, oh, I can never be working with my kids around. That's not necessarily the reality to be honest with you. It's not, it's not the reality for me right now, especially with this kind of juggle of childcare and piecing things together. So I try to kind of create a blend and trying to be more intentional about incorporating, especially my four-year-old into these conversations and just kind of slightly mentioning some of this stuff. And hopefully, you know, the right impression will, <laughs> will come across, you know, in a, in, and paint my business in a very positive light. Yeah. I love that you're in the language piece is huge. And I love that you're incorporating a small steps, right? I mean, that's as with anything in parenting, it's just testing the waters and seeing how it goes and and taking those small steps and feeling into what feels good for you and then seeing what resonates with her. So I'm, I'm going to be stealing that language and I get to, um, phrase for, for my own. And for yourself too, like thinking after work, no, I get to work. Like it's kind of reminding yourself that you've built this beautiful thing. And when people are like, oh, where do you want to be in five years? I'm like, I actually kind of want to be where I'm at. Like, yes, there are small things that I want to change and shift and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, like I am living the life that I wanted that I went after when I first started my Mm -hmm. business. Like you were mentioning, like I big part of starting my business was being able to you know, be home with my kids and as much as I could, you know, and, and be with them. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of, it's, I'm very, very lucky and I feel very, um, very like happy with where I'm at. Yay. Oh, that makes my heart so happy. Um, so I know you've been on maternity leave, so I'm going to extend this instead of six months, uh, maybe the nine months, if that to give you a little bit more space as you reflect back, was there Mm -hmm. anything that you've tried that didn't work? Oh gosh. Um, I think that I, I kind of talked about this a little bit before, but to kind of go in more detail, I will say that this, this same kind of 
because my project schedule and how I, uh, you know, my services have been trimmed down so much now compared to when I was first on maternity leave and first had my daughter and kind of making that, a, that transition and adjustment. I, right now it's like, okay, does this project schedule work? And as I was, I just worked with my first branding client and I, and I just got done with them and it's, it, it went fine, but it all, and it, it was great, great final product, great client. Everything was good, but I did feel a little too stretched thin in terms of, um, being able to like get stuff done during the day with a little one. And, you know, to be, again, completely honest, like it has to do with breastfeeding. It has to do with just his needs right now. So it's kind of one of those things where I try to keep the same, you know, four week design process with a fifth week kind of file delivery and wiggle room. Like I was trying to add wiggle room in and stuff, but I think what was it, I think I need more breathing room, honestly, mm-hmm. at this point in business. So that's one thing that I, I knew that it was a possibility. It wasn't going to work and it didn't like not work, but it just, I want more breathing room. So as I'm heading into fall and even next year, you know, babies, they change so fast. Their needs change so fast. And having a nanny this fall with him will really help. But at the same time, knowing I really just want more breathing room, I think right now, and it's okay for me to shift my project schedule and the expectations a little bit for this season. And then as he gets older and, you know, again, what before before we know it he'll be in preschool you know so it's like this is just a season so I think what's what's not working right now is maybe the tighter project schedule I need to kind of breathe more add more breathing room in there I think and good reflection I think that's a, a nice reminder for all of us of we have the power as the business owner that we can change it. And one of the things that we can do is to reflect after every project and just ask ourselves those questions of, did this work and what didn't feel good? And then what can I do to change it moving forward? Um, I know for myself, I often think, okay, once I put this in place and it's stuck there and I have to I have to abide by these, you know, quote unquote rules that I've put into practice, which isn't always, not always, it's never the case. You can always change anything. Nothing is stagnant. Um, So I love that you're, you're actively in it and then choosing that as you move forward for the remainder of the year and then into, into next year. So as you think about, um, you know, in the last nine months, maybe personally or professionally, what is one thing that you have said no to? I say no all the time. <laughs> Not to your children. <laughs> oh, never to my children. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, no, I, I, you know, there's so many things. It's hard to choose one, but I think that like, I've said no to the more to complexity. I've said no to, um, and, and what I mean by that is like coming like, like overlapping branding projects to accommodate desired timelines, you know, with clients, I've just stuck to my guns. You know, I've stuck to like, this is my project schedule and you know, this is what it is. And yes, like I just said, I'm adding breathing room and things like that in there. I'm, I'm, you know, adjusting it as I need to, but at the same time, I'm not going to overlap clients in the way I've done in the, in the past. It just, in the, you know, a few years ago, yeah. like it just doesn't work that way. So I've said no to the complexity. I've said no to jam packing my family schedule with no breathing room. I've said no to like, you know, trying to chase clients who are kind of, or potential clients who are kind of ghosting on me a little bit, like, you know, here and there, like, I'm just done, like adding this complexity to it. Mm-hmm. And yes, there's an element of following up with people. Yes. There's an element to a high touch client experience. That's so important to me, but I'm not going to add the complexity where it doesn't need to be there. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love it. I love it. Um, last question. Connection is 
so important as you've already shared um, and connection with ourselves, with our family, with our businesses, with other people. So I'd love to hear, how do you build connection into your business? I love this question. Um, I build connection by really inviting my clients into the creative process. I really challenge them to like dig into their brand foundation, help reflect back to them their own value and how they impact the lives of their of their clients and customers and community. I genuinely, you know, value their feedback and ideas. Like I really want them to walk away feeling like their fingerprints are on the design. So I, through my process, like we really get to know each other. We really make a connection. I try to help bring out their why and you know create a visual brand with meaning and alignment. Like all of that in the process really builds connection with my clients. Um, and, you know, with my kids, again, just incorporating them into the conversation and as to what, what I do, what I do. And again, this will become more and more prominent as time goes on, but it's been, it's been really fun to kind of incorporate them into things a little bit more. And I mentor designers. So creating a safe space for those designers to show up as they are and ask questions and have these exact conversations, letting them in on the, in, you know, behind the scenes in my business and, and yeah, just in, in, and having those mindset conversations in addition to kind of the nuts and bolts of how things are working. I think all that just adds so much connection to my business and our life and um, makes for a really fulfilling, you know, day to day. Thank you so much, Allie, for just showing up and being your lovely, transparent and vulnerable self. I really appreciate everything that you brought to the conversation. Uh, friends, Allie is an amazing brand designer. If you need support in the branding area, please go check her out. And if you're a designer yourself, she has an amazing community where literally she shares everything and all of the behind the scenes behind her business. It's so just wonderful. And you've been a great mentor and friend to me as I've been building my own business. So please share with us, where can we connect with you? Because I know everyone's going to love you as much as I do. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you for your kind words, Kelly. Um, you can, I think the best way to connect with me is via email. So you can email me at allison at alliemariedesign.com. Um, check out my website at alliemariedesign.com. Um, you can find all information about branding and uh, collaborating in that way. And also if, yeah, if you're a designer and want to join my mentorship program, or I also have a free audio course, if you just are looking for kind of some, some really great lessons and insights. You can sign up for that for free on my site. Um, and if you're on the Instagram train, you can find me at Allie Marie Design. Yes. And we will include links to everything in uh, the notes for this episode. Thanks again, Allie. And we will chat with you all soon. All right. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks.